The key to success on the field and in your backyard is a comprehensive game plan. So if you're building a fence or a deck this year, trust a Terkstra coach to design, quote, or order the right materials for your project. Visit a Terkstra Lumber near you to learn more. From the Ticats Audio Network, this is the Coach O Show with Luke Tasker. Welcome back to the Coach O Show with Luke Tasker. We are halfway through the regular season with the Hamilton Tiger Cats, second place in the East, and coming off of a big win against the first place Toronto Argonauts. Excited to break that down today with Coach. The Coach O Show with Luke Tasker is presented by Turkster Lumber. Check out the project coaches at Turkster Lumber. They can help with any part of your home renovation, and you can learn more about that at turksterlumber.com. Fans, also each week we've got a new feature. You can email in a fan question to the Coach O Show. Uh, we will pick one per show to uh, uh, each week to read to Coach. We've got one coming up in a couple minutes here. Uh, all you have to do is think of your question and email that to gameday at ticats.ca, and we might pick your question for next week to ask Coach. Coach, great to see you as always, and congrats on a huge win. Appreciate it, Luke. Great to see you also, and uh, yeah, winning is fun. It is, and the uh, the fans loved it too. It, it, up in the broadcast booth, it felt electric in there. We had a good crowd at Tim Hortons Field, and uh, and a great game down to the down to the end there. And nothing like getting a win in front of uh, the great uh, Tim Hortons Field fan and uh, and the the excitement that that brings. Yeah, I mean, it's it's really an understatement. It's something that you have to experience. And it, I was, uh, you know, whenever you can come through like that at home, I think it's extremely important. And, you know, I really, you know, I just want to make mention, I think the crowd deserves, you know, a lot of recognition, right? Just from the standpoint of they're always loud. But I think there was points in that game where they could have turned on this ball club very easy, you know, despite how things were going. And, you know, and we had to go with, uh, you know, Jamie Newman in there at quarterback and things. um, They weren't going that way. And I didn't hear booze. I didn't hear anything, and that doesn't mean that uh, they didn't feel like it. Uh, but uh, you know, I just think that there's there's something to be said when you see. You, it tells me that they do appreciate great effort, great football, tough nosed. Uh, those guys were out there laying it on the line, and so uh, I think there should be a little bit of recognition for. Uh, you know, you're always entitled to do that, sports entertainment business. But just when you support, sometimes support comes in different forms and fashions, and sometimes it's uh, what you don't say as opposed to what you do say. I love it. And you're so right. The, uh, it was a, a positive, energetic crowd, and the only negativity was towards the uh, everyone uh, wearing <laughs> blue and white out there. But it almost felt to me, it's like a precursor of Labor Day. Or maybe even stripes. Maybe even stripes. <laughs> yeah, that's or, true. <laughs> oh, anyways, moving that's, on. Moving on. The stripes got some booze, I think, too, Coach. You're yeah. right. The, uh, I, I, listening back to our broadcast, we actually misquoted it. It was... We thought it was five penalty. It was seven penalties in the last minute and a half, and two challenges, all in all in the last minute and a half of the ha- of the half there. And of course, I saw you and Craig Butler. I mean, it was kind of it was mayhem. And I don't. I felt uh, you know <laughs> to make myself a little vulnerable on the airwaves here. I wasn't sure about the exact ruling to a pyramid call, but I'm pretty sure that wasn't one. Uh, I think you and I both would rather keep. You've got a big growing family. You probably keep all our money in our pocket. Um, (laughs) I was not in favor of that call personally. Um, I'm not going to have any judgment on what was called, but hopefully we can get that sorted out uh, moving forward. Yeah, a little strange. Cam Kelly got the flag for pyramiding, which normally 
well, whatever happened in the game. Didn't look like he used his hands enough for me to call that pyramiding, but I, uh, I'm not wearing the black and white, so that's the way it goes. Right. But uh, to your point, Coach, the fans, the ups and downs of the game, uh, particularly the end of that second half where it looked like maybe it was going to be uh, a tie game, um, and, of course, the Argonauts are able to uh, get points on the board from a a series of bizarre events. Um, Talk a little bit about your team overcoming that and maybe what your reaction at halftime was as you had to deal with sort of the reality of a very strange last minute of football. Well, I think, you know, first of all, extremely proud. I'm I'm, I'm proud of just everybody involved and people having to step up. And, you know, like we always say, injuries are part of the game and everybody that's suited up is going to be expected to contribute and sometimes more than in more ways than uh, we may be envisioned. As far as the messaging at halftime, you know, it's it was real. It really wasn't anything more than let's just play. And I know that sounds uh, overly simplistic, but, you know, there was too much focus on uncontrollable factors. What we can control Mm -hmm. is our response to everything. And let's just play football. Let's just play football. And then let's see what happens. Let's not uh, give Toronto anything uh, that we can control. If they earn something, hey, I get it. And it just was that. And I don't think it was any bigger than that. Yeah, you can sit here and say, you know, the, the penalties and whatnot. But to me, we control some of those uh, by our, our response to things. So um, the messaging was to the point. It was quick. And if they decided that they wanted to make this happen, then we needed to play football and not worry about all the other stuff. Yeah. Um, Got to touch on the quarterback situation. So, uh, and again, it, more the longer you watch football and are a part of it, it becomes more and more true that adversity is the only thing that we have uh, for sure in every in every football game. And mm-hmm. Matt Schiltz throws the early interception, amazing play by by a Toronto defender uh, to make that catch. But bad moment in the game, bad field position to do it, and sort of a lot of people in the stadium. And to your point about the crowd and the positivity, a lot of people were surely thinking, you know, kind of here we go again with an untimely turnover. But that's not the way that the game continued. I mean, Matt Schultz did a really, really impressive job of handling the game. And then Jamie Newman comes in and, has, and does his own uh, part in, in uh, protecting the football and, and uh, leading the team down the field. Can you talk about just your quarterback room and how these guys are learning to maybe work together and share some of the burden of responsibility? Well, first of all, I think Tommy does an outstanding job in that room. You know, they meet daily and that, these guys meet a lot on their own and you know, the bond is special in there. Uh, what I'll appreciate is, you know, if you ask everybody to a man, they all want to play, they all want to start, you know, but at the end of the day, they know what they signed up for and they're always going to, you know, put the team first uh, once all the individual thoughts are done rambling through their mind. Uh, I thought overcoming adversity there with Schiltz early was just spoke to the leader that he is and he could have crumbled, um, team could have turned could have been a different vibe and it it just wasn't that and it's easy to say that now that we won and everything but even if if the outcome would have been different I think you saw a guy that cared that plays with passion that can rebound he he seemed like he had been there before that's something that mm-hmm. you can't bring you either have or you haven't and um it it you know it didn't really preclude us from you know maybe going way away from a game plan that we envisioned in the beginning. So just huge credit to them. And then Jamie coming in there 
and and stepping up. He did a fantastic job. Took some some big shots, and I thought Tommy did a fantastic job of calling plays, uh, especially during that time of the game. They gave us a chance. I remember at the beginning of uh, training camps, one coach would be assigned to sort of a ball security, uh, you know, uh, breakdown like a meeting, you know, and. Because I, I remember, because every year I would be used in both slideshows, the bad ball security slideshow, <laughs> like where I had the ball out, like, you know, above my outside of my body with one hand. And then I'd be, then I'd find a good one of me iron crossing. And I think <laughs> Jamie Newman, like solidified himself in the good slideshow for next training camp by running the last 15 yards in the open field, <laughs> double yeah. iron crossing it. I thought I was dying. I thought that was the most amazing thing. Like we, you know, you know that you and the offensive coaches are hammering down the ball security. I mean, yeah. did you, you know what I'm talking about? He had the thing totally locked up. Yeah, so maybe you get a little less airplay uh, in training camp in the future. <laughs> but I will yeah. say this. I think what kind of goes unnoticed with that, is the noticeable thing, obviously, was the ball security or um, what some may deem as uh, overkill. But I don't think there's yes. any overkill. But – how about how about just the wherewithal understanding the situation of the game and how vital it was to not oh. maybe get six extra yards or seven, um, but sacrificing it for the security. And I think just that wherewithal tells you how in tune uh, he was with that part of the football game and just how important that possession, uh, which ultimately led to points, uh, was. Yeah, 100%. Like, I was real – just proud of a football player to, to do that and to not, you're so right. Because that's a great way to put your sacrifice. Maybe you get a couple more yards if you open up your running stride, but that's not what's important right now. And I, and I also think it, it, takes, it takes a special level of football knowledge to know it's when you're in the middle of the field in the hashes, you can feel by yourself and really not be. And somebody can be a lot closer than you think You know when you've got angles behind you that are all blind. And, man, I think – that was just really, really an awesome thing to see of a guy who said, not me. Like, it's not going to be me <laughs> who makes, who fumbles the ball. So well done to, well done to a quarterback who was in the game probably and, and maybe not, uh, not having expected himself to be there. Yeah, well said. Absolutely, I agree. Coach, also, I mean, another, another trending uh, stat for the Ticats in the right direction. Of course, you and I have talked about fourth quarters this year. <laughs> And that one was an excellent fourth quarter. The second half, you outscored uh, the Argonauts twenty to six, and in the fourth quarter, uh, you, you know you really you really secured and hung on to the to the lead. You maintained uh, momentum. How, what did you tell your team? Have you addressed that to your team yet? And, and to what a difference that made? Well, yeah, you made we made note of that the day after the game, and I think it was something about 17 or so uh, fourth quarter points. And we we're going to have to score if we planned on winning that game anyway. So, uh, yeah, it, it was mentioned. You know, it wasn't overly celebrated, but it's something that it's, like I said leading into this, it's three phases that contributed to those 17 points. Yes, the offense mm -hmm. scored them, but that means the defense has to get off the field. Special teams has to do its part to not keep, get them backed up or take, you know, ridiculous penalties at crucial times. And, you know, so credit the offense for, you know, punching it in and, and, and making some big plays. But it's also, you know, two other phases that contributed to that too, just as the, the, the other two phases contribute also um, sometimes when it's the other way. Yeah. Complimentary football, it was a perfect example of it. And Lawrence Woods had 25 yards average punt return. 
I mean, oh. unbelievable. And actually, coincidentally, t- Toronto's net punt was also 25 yards, which is abysmal, obviously, for a punt unit. I mean, just an incredible job around the board. And, of course, every, what everyone's thinking hearing this right now is, and he got one called back. Yes. Right? So, I mean, just an incredible job by the return team uh, all around. And, man, it just – what a huge difference, especially for a young quarterback or at times in the game when you were, you know, dealing with injuries in the quarterback – uh, department that the field position was for the most part beneficial for the tie cats and uh, another another aspect of your guys positivity that came out of the Toronto game to me is 149 yards on the ground average seven yards a carry what what's what's changed what's why 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 so much success on the ground in some of these later games when early on uh, early on it was a point of of, uh, of struggle and uh, for your guys production well, I think it's a combination of things, right? It's it's lineup, it's opponent, and you know, and you can add in just a little bit of uh, you know maybe maybe different levels of commitment to it. But um, you know, we're we're sure. we have a group up there now that um, has played together for a few weeks. Um, we've we're forced to do a few different things on offense, and. You know, it's come in different fashions. It's not like it's all come from the running back position. Sometimes it's the receiver. And that's kind of how we've been since Tommy's been here. And, you know, we're okay with that. I think it might have been a little different when C.J. Gable was here. There might be some more just direct intentional runs. Um, But, you know, for the most part, you know, we have the quarterback skill sets to make some more quarterback runs in there. And, you know, it's always in the timing of doing it. So um, sometimes it's the opponent also and what they're giving you. Sure. Um, <clears throat> huge touchdown pass. Tim White, the end of the game there, or in the last half of the game, and uh, Matt Schultz was obviously, I mean, couldn't play in the third quarter. But I can tell you, he looked looked good enough to be playing, but I know from experience, if you have to miss a quarter of football, you're not feeling 100%, even if you can go back out there. Tell me about that play, your involvement in it, what it looked like to you, and, and just how exciting that was with Tim White catching that and staying on his feet. Well, I wish I could say I was extremely involved, but I was involved in the excitement. You know, sometimes players need opportunity. And, you know, you know, every ball that you caught, Luke, you know, you caught a lot of contested balls and you caught balls where you knew you're going to have to take punishment. And then you had your fair share of, you know, spinning the DB around and, and just, you know, catching it in the bread basket, right? It's like catching a right. pillow sometimes. So they come in all forms, but I think the key thing there is, without opportunity, you don't know how things are going to turn out. And there was a ball that uh, there, Tim was given opportunity, and he made the play. And if you don't throw that ball, whether he's open or not, then you don't know what's going to happen. So, you know, great protection to start. There was a beautiful pocket mm-hmm. for Matt to throw, step up in. And then, you know, throwing a ball that's catchable and then Tim making a play. And that's what you need sometimes. Everything's not going to be schemed open. Sometimes you just got to make a play. And so, you know, excited for our ball club. And, and it, you know, it was a timely play. It, it was, well, it was definitely needed. And sometimes you're not going to be able to sustain drives of eight, nine plays. Sometimes you're going to have to get an explosion in there. And, you know, uh, great play by Tim there. And it really lifted our football team. So um, yeah. that's about as much as I had to do with it. No, that's great. The you're so right. And at a time when Tim was Tim White was heavily, heavily involved and leading receiver in a lot of early games, and then 
sort of quiet in a couple of weeks. And for to me, thinking back as a player, to, to be in that situation where you're kind of wondering, you know, can I get more involved or why am I not more involved or, you know, I want to want to make an impact. And then a chance all of a sudden out of the blue, heat up like a microwave and you've got to go and, and be great all in one, all in a, you know, a seven second football play to make that catch and stand on his feet. I just thought was a testament to the, to the athlete that he is and the, and the impact that he uh, is going to have, you know, moving forward as well. Just really, really impressive player. Yeah. He has that potential and he's, he's shown it. And, you know, he, I think he himself would want, you know, he, he wants to separate himself too and be amongst the elite. And yeah. those are the plays that the elite make uh, consistently. So I think he's on his way and, um, you know, he's, I think the other thing is, is that people wouldn't know about Tim is he's, he doesn't miss practice. Like he takes every rep and you know that mm-hmm. there's, there's, there's a few players like that, but most players need, need some time. And, you know, of course you would know with June, like I thought you guys, you know, with, in all seriousness, I thought you guys were workhorses. Like there was times when I was sitting there as a coach and I'd look over and see 45 minutes of Indy and I'd think, what? How are we going to fill this? That's oh, I'll tell you how drag that, routes. Yeah, <laughs> for, I mean we're running mesh. We're running mesh. Oh my and between you and Jalen and Speedy and Mike Jones yeah. and you know Justin Buren probably was wishing he didn't yeah. come out in the draft. You know he could have <laughs> waited a year. So you That's know, right. I, but I just you know you guys persevered and and you did it. And so he's just one of those workhorses. Uh, <clears throat> okay, coach, it's time for our fan question of the, for the coach O show. This is a two part question. Well, multi parts, actually, a, Robert, Robert's got a good one for us here. So first, uh, coach, when you're watching two other teams play outside of the league, I assume college NFL, when you got some what, other football on the TV, can you relax? Are you able to relax and take off your coaching hat? Great question. I think I actually am. A little bit there. You know, you're always kind of saying, oh, that's an interesting play, but that doesn't mean uh, that I can't relax. I think I am able to relax. I think where the coaching thing comes in is just no different than any fan, and that is why are we calling a timeout here? Why didn't we throw it there? So that's just a natural reaction, but I'm just kind of enjoying being a fan and doing that. So I am able to turn it off a little bit, but I'd be lying to you if I said – you know, there wasn't 10, 15 percent that says, hmm, interesting, probably wouldn't have done that. But um, I'm not really sitting there saying, OK, they need to play zone here. They should be playing man or I would do an onside kick here. Um, there's a piece you can't turn off. But for the most part, um, I'm just trying to enjoy it, especially there's two different. I'm watching NCAA if I it's usually pre-recorded. Um, very seldom am I able to catch one live. Yeah. It's uh that's kind of fun just to enjoy the atmosphere when you're hearing the band and everything. And then, you know, NFL is a little bit different where I get a little frustrated, to be honest with you. It's kickoff, commercial, one play, commercial. It's like I'd rather do yard work. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or clean the car. Right? Yeah, or clean the car <laughs> or clean the car. So I like to PVR those games so I can get through the commercials. Yeah, that's good. If you tune into, if you go catch back on on your whatever podcast you listen to, Coach O's uh, pregame routine is uh, a legendary one. You can go back and listen to that. <laughs> yeah, the when I was, I always thought, Coach, the end of the NFL season, you know, the Super Bowl February or whatever, 
it was perfect timing because you watched that and I and I loved the, the the NFL playoffs are awesome. You watch the Super Bowl and it's right as you're gearing up into your like heavy training for the CFL season. You know, you've already had your off time kind of once Super Bowl comes around. And so I always thought that watching that other the other league playing and you go cool this is great i'm ready to start running again you know finally after being being in florida for a couple of weeks and right and, uh, and laying low it was always my uh my my early off-season inspiration was the super bowl yeah and remember i remember i used to voice that to everybody it's like yeah i know everybody's gonna dabble with a few jogs or whatever but let your body heal and then you know you should be gearing to go you know at first week of february um you should have the itch back and i just feel like you need you need rest and time away um, just like, uh, just like anybody else. Exactly. Okay. Robert's got, got a couple other ones back to back here. So this one's the two part question we've got coach when the game plan is set and then you take the field during the game, how active a part are you playing in play calling or are you letting your coaches coach? And on this, in the flip side of that, or in addition to that, how involved are you in making halftime adjustments? Yeah, that's a great question. So I think it's it's all predicated game to game. I think I'm always giving two cents every halftime. You know, I'm I'm uh, you know I'm talking with um, the offensive coaches, not a whole bunch. You know, just a minute or two because they've got their own things that they got going. Um, but I think the thing to remember is, you know, there's always communication during the game. It's not about waiting until halftime always to make it. Uh, for the most part, I'd say I'm letting my coaches coach. If you said which way am I leaning more, um, I'm letting them coach because they've watched double the amount of film that I have, and and they put together a game plan. And I've been in that those those shoes, right? Where you know, as a D coordinator, yeah, you're always going to want feedback, but most of your feedback's coming from your assistant coaches who spent all that time. Where my time spread um, throughout the organization in different ways. Um, definitely watching my fair share of tape, also, but. Um, yeah, I'm always giving feedback to Mark. I'm giving feedback to Craig and Tommy uh, as the coordinators. But for the most part, you know, they're going to they're gonna call their game and do their thing. You know, where I come in is more game management. Um, you know, I'm active in that. You know, we should have the clock keep running here. You know, we can't give them a quick score, Mark. Hey, butts, you know, maybe we should try field return. Um, you know, I could go on and on, but that's not to say that happens every game. Some games more than others. Does your amount of involvement change or is it a, is it been influenced and affected based off your time as a coordinator and some of the things you liked and disliked about coaches that you had? Yeah, I think you are always influenced, you know, by your experiences, I believe. And, and so, you know, I was fortunate, and this would be probably another 20 minutes, so I'll make my point quickly. I was fortunate to really work for offensive head coaches hmm. uh, for the most part, and I think that makes a difference. And so if I'm an offensive coordinator and I have an offensive head coach, you're probably going to, you know, be on that side of the ball more, where I would say I'm really no different. I'm probably um, – I'm probably around, I mean, Tommy's office is right next to mine, so we're always passing each other, whether it's at the coffee machine or just saying hello or whatever, mm-hmm. popping in each other's office. But I'd say that, uh, you know, I probably have, if you said which do you have your hand more in, I'd say probably on the defense. I think it's just natural. So, um, yeah, I am definitely influenced by how it was. And it's, you know, when you're hired to do a job, I believe – if I wanted to call offensive plays and I wanted to call special teams plays and defensive plays, 
then I should do it. Other than that, you should find the right people um, who usually are experts in their fields, which in our case, it is exactly the truth. And you let them go to work and you're, you're a support system. And that doesn't mean that I don't give suggestions, but I believe in letting them work. That's great. Robert, thanks for the fan question of the week. Robert also added, thank you both for doing the Coach O Show and to everyone at the Ticat Audio Network. Thanks, Robert. The Coach O Show is sponsored by Turkster Lumber. Be sure to check out the project coaches at Turkster Lumber. They can help with everything from ordering the right materials for your project to designing your entire renovation. Do it yourself does not mean do it alone. Visit turksterlumber.ca.com. Excuse me. Turksterlumber.com to learn more. Coach, final question for you. You're going up to Montreal this weekend. They're coming off of an enormous upset against Winnipeg. Not many onlookers expected that win from Montreal. Uh, What have you seen on film so far early in the week here that impresses you in that Montreal versus Winnipeg game? Just they went in there and, and, you know, with no no hesitation. I thought they played hard in all three phases, and uh, their confidence and their, you know, their belief seemed to grow as the game went along. Um, Did they catch a couple breaks down the end? Absolutely, but... You know, they handled the part that they could control. And so, you know, they always play hard. You turn the tape on and you see a team that's – they have talent and they play hard. And, and you know, hey, listen, whenever Winnipeg lost, they were going to – whatever team did it, they were going to get a huge amount of credit, and as they should. And um, it's hard to stay on top and, you know, streaks are meant to be broken. And so, yeah, I just think that, you know, and they're a tough team and it's a tough place to play. They're going to be ready to go and we'll be ready to go. And it's an Eastern Division game and um, don't mind the build up and the hype. But at the end of the day, the game's played between the, the lines and um, there'll be no carryover from our game after a big win. And there'll be no carryover. Um, well, I won't speak for their football team. Great. Well said. Ticats are 1-0 against Montreal, going to try to make it 2-0 this weekend. Coach, been a pleasure like always. Um, Appreciate your insight and feedback, and I hope you guys have a great week of prep as you uh, get ready to head out to Montreal. Fans, you can email your questions every week to gameday at ticats.ca, and you could have your questions asked on next week's show. Again, that's gameday at ticats.ca. Coach, have a great week, man. Hey, you too. Thanks, Luke. Another episode of the Coach O Show with Luke Tasker is in the books. Let us know your thoughts. Email us at gamedayatiecats.ca. Coach O and Luke are back next week to discuss the latest from the locker room. Subscribe to the Tiecats Audio Network on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts.